of old leather and beeswax into the sunnier and more aromatic environs of one of the local tea rooms. Chock and biscuits must have been the ritual treat, for they recited it in tandem again and again. Chock and biscuits, chock and biscuits, chock and biscuits. Their wheedling little voices were rising and would soon turn to shouts and tears. The mother looked round, embarrassed, and the father tried ineffectually to quiet them. The kiddies' whining pleas seemed to awaken the woman in the cashmere coat to a sense of her surroundings, like one awakening in a strange room, one she had entered by mistake, and which might harbour some undefined danger. Her expression, indeed, was similar to the one in the touching self-portrait of Branwell Bronte, imagining his own deathbed scene. She looked stricken. She hitched the strap of the leather bag farther up her shoulder and wandered into the next room. Drury felt she was just as indifferent to the Bronte Arcana as the Paddington children had been. She was bending over a case, pushing the tawny hair that fell forward behind her ear as if it blocked her view of Charlotte's narrow boots, her tiny gloves, her nightcap. But that examination was merely cursory as her hand trailed abstractedly along the wooden edge of the case. Jury studied an old pew door taken from the box pews when the church had been demolished. It bore the legend that a certain lady of Crook House hath one sitting. They must have all had to take turns back then. Her slow walk round the display table in Charlotte's room might have given, to a less well-trained eye than his, the impression of absorption. In her eyes was an utter lack of it. The looks she cast here and there were uninquisitive glances from intense and intelligent eyes, but eyes that seemed looking for something else, or someone. She appeared to be idling there, waiting. That, he decided, was the impression. Her expression preoccupied, the swift, slight turn of the head that suggested she was listening and expectant. There was the air of an assignation missed. She had certainly not registered his presence. Her glance had swept across his face as if it were another Bronte artefact, a portrait or bronze bust. If she were introduced to him five minutes later, he doubted she would remember ever having seen him. Where she stopped the longest, and seemed to really look, was at the display behind glass of Angria and Gondal, those imaginary kingdoms invented by Branwell. Then she turned and walked toward the stairs. Well, he had meant to leave anyway, Jury told himself, and followed her. He stopped on the staircase to look at the famous portrait of the sisters painted by the brother. Jury could see the dim outline, the space once full where Branwell had painted himself out. The Paddington family had left too, headed across the narrow street to the tea-room, the children managing somehow to swarm as if there were ten of them rather than two. At first he thought the woman might be going for a cup of tea herself, but she simply stood on the curb, hesitating as if she were in London at a zebra crossing. The only traffic here at the top of this hill, up which the pilgrims toiled, was one cab idling by the tourist information centre, and a boy trying to urge on an intractable dray horse wearing blinders. A chill wind whipped up the cobbled pavement, bringing with it a taste of rain, 
and the woman pulled up the collar of her coat so that her hair was tucked into it. Then she plunged her hands into the pockets and turned up the street. He thought she might be making for the enticing warmth of the whitewashed hotel on the corner. Perhaps, he hoped for he could use a pint of something, to the saloon bar there. But she passed it and stopped instead before a narrow house called the Children's Toy Museum. She went in. Jury stood looking at the facade and then into the dim interior where she was paying for a ticket. He was beginning to feel not only like a fool, but a voyeur. He hadn't followed a good-looking female since he was sixteen, except if a case he was working on required it, and it had been some years since he had had to do that sort of footwork himself. The little foyer or outer room was crammed with small toys, tops, wooden figures, sweets and...